This message was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire, a contemporary Christian church in the north of England. Learn more at lifelanks.org. Continuing our series of faith, faith of the ancients. And we have the scriptures in Hebrews chapter 11 that we're digging into and that we're building. We've had a reference already this morning from Pete and from Matt about faith. And there it is, Hebrews 11. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Confidence in what we hope for. So God says it, it's going to happen. We're confident in God. Not in our own strength and ability, but in God. And assurance about what we do not see. So we can't see it, touch it, we can't feel it, it's not there yet, but we trust God that it's still there for us. The message paraphrase puts it like this, the fundamental fact of existence is this trust in God. This faith is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's good that, isn't it? Makes life worth living. It's a firm foundation under everything. It's our handle on what we can't see. So Christians have, have got a handle, to, for want of a better term. We've got a, an understanding of what's going on in the world and what it's all about. What's the purpose of life? We've got a handle on that. We've got an understanding of that by faith, by revelation. God has revealed himself to us. We have an understanding of who God is. And through that, we have a handle. We have an understanding of what is. So we're talking about faith of the ancients, people in the Bible who we, have been, who we are inspired by. And they have given us an example of what faith looks like, what it means to really trust God. And these are people who actually have taken God at his word. And that's Another definition of faith, I guess, is to take God at his word. God said it, so I'm going to believe it. I'm going to stick with it. I'm not going to waver. I'm not going to deviate. I'm not, I'm not going to give up. No, I'm going to stick with this because God said it. And I would say to you again this morning, I want to remind you and encourage you and bless you by saying, come on, God said it. Let's believe it. Let's stick with this. Let's be in faith. Let's stay in faith. We don't just start in faith, we have to continue in faith. We don't deviate, we don't get distracted. We'll keep on going in faith. That's what it's about. So we're inspired by faith of the ancients. Our faith has not just been invented in the 21st century. We have a historical faith. Faith of the Old Testament. The God of Abraham and the God of Isaac, as it says in the Bible, is our God. So 2,000 years old. Older than that, our faith, because God is eternal. So our trust is in God. This church is getting towards 100 years of age. And uh, yeah, I know. Don't look bad on it, do I? <laughs> but we have in our midst, and people who are no longer with us, also heroes of faith. So it's, it is in the Bible. But it's today as well. And you can be a hero of faith. In this day, in this generation, in your family, you can be a hero of faith. In your community, in my community, I can be a hero of faith. So I want us to be inspired that faith's not just for other people or people who are long gone. But faith is for now and for today. And we can live by faith. We can trust God 
no matter what, what's happening, what isn't happening, what's coming to pass, what hasn't come to pass, whatever we're facing, we actually have decided that we are going to be in faith. So we are living by faith. And with a revelation of faith and a revelation of who God is and what God's plan is for our lives and what God's plan is for His, His creation comes responsibility. Revelation always comes with responsibility to live that out. Not just talk about it, but live it. Not just kind of believe it, but, but encourage other people to get on board with this journey of faith as well. So revelation comes, responsibility comes with, respons- with, with revelation. Um, I think that's what, I've just said that, haven't I? Yeah. With revelation comes responsibility. <laughs> Just make that abundantly clear, because it wasn't clear to me, even if it was to you. So, by faith, by faith, we are living by faith. This is what the ancients were commended for. This is what made them stand out. It set them above the crowd. And today, 21st century, faith can do the same for me and for you. If we can stand out, we can be set above the crowd. Not to be better, say, oh, we're better than you because you're not a person of faith. That's not how we work. We're using that as an opportunity to reach people, to touch people, to help people, to lift people by faith. Faith is active, not passive. We keep putting our trust in God. We keep taking God at His word, and we keep on moving forward. I'm, just, I'm in faith. I'm, kind of, I'm waiting for something to happen. I'm waiting for something or somebody to do something for me. No, faith is active. I'm on this journey of faith in my life. I'm living for Jesus. I'm doing the best I possibly can by faith. In God's strength, not in my own. But I'm doing something. I'm not just kind of hanging about, hanging on in there by faith. No, more than that, it has to be active, not just passive. So I want you to be inspired in 2016 to live by faith and to stay in faith. We're going to pick up um, in verse 32 of Hebrews 11, and I'm going to uh, have a bit of a broad brush um, look at a whole bunch of people who were uh, distinguished because of their faith. And we have, over the last few weeks, looked at different people of Abel and Noah and Moses and Enoch and so on, and, and uh, We've looked at uh, different people, but we're going to look at a kind of a, a, a whole bunch of them together and pick up some information from that and some inspiration, some help, some blessing from that. Hebrews 11:32. What more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, not that one, Samson and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed, routed foreign armies. Women received their dead back to life again. It's all going well so far. It's all going really, really well. But as we continue, and we're going to do that, we see... There's a shift 
There's immediate, there's a shift. It's all going well. Everyone's been successful by faith. It's all going really well. But then there's a shift. Halfway through verse 35, we pick it up again there. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that it might gain an even better resurrection. 36. Some faced jeers and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. Not sounding so good now. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves, in holes in the ground. These were all commended. The first group and the second group were commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. So, first half of what I've just read, from 32 through to halfway through 35, we see what was accomplished by faith. We move 35, halfway through 35 to the rest of it, we see what in in first glance appears that was not accomplished by faith. What was accomplished by faith and what was not accomplished by faith. But that's the wrong way to look at it altogether. Because these people were still in faith. Those who were successful, those who were rescued, those that were relieved from the problems, those who were victorious, were by, that was all by faith. But those who also continued to go through challenges and difficulties and struggles and never saw the release from that, they were still, that was still by faith. The life of faith does not guarantee you uh, a comfortable existence. Living in faith as a follower of Jesus is not generally comfortable. It's challenging. It can be difficult at times. But we stay in faith. We get breakthrough, but you you get that by staying in faith. Faith does not guarantee health, wealth, and prosperity, and everything in the garden is rosy. That's not what Jesus taught. I don't believe that's what the Bible teaches, because the reality is we can have challenges, we can have difficulties, but by faith we prove who God is. We prove that we belong to God. We prove that God's worth serving. We prove that God is our King. We prove that He is all, we have already received our reward. It's not about what God can do to do for us. It's not about only about God, what blessings that God drops into our laps. It's about living for God no matter what, no matter where. We're going to live by faith and we're going to live by God. Let's mention four things um, just to help us with it. Number one, by faith, God can and does work miracles and change circumstances. It's absolutely true. Now, we've seen that in what we've read. You know, there are examples there in the book of Hebrews. There's the dividing of the Red Sea, verse 29. There was was the walls of Jericho came tumbling down just by guides walking around it by faith. There was a shutting of the mouths of the lions when Daniel was in the lion's den. There was a neutralizing of the fire when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into the furnace. All these things, there was a bringing back to life of the, of the widow of Zarephath's son, a resurrection of life for, the, for her son. All of these were things accomplished by faith. They were all miracles. Miracles are not, uh, the nor- are not 
normal, everyday occurrences in that respect, there is something that is out of the ordinary. It's something against what appears to be the laws of nature. Miracles don't have to be uh, scientifically proven. It just because it's God. God made the rules. He can break them. And so that's what happens. God can change things around and bring miracles. And we are uh, evidence of miracles. Right across this community, there are people who have seen miracles in their lives. I have seen miracles in my lives. I'm grateful to what God has done for me, through me, uh, and, and in me in that respect. So these can be miracles. In every case, in those first few verses, 32 through two. 35, halfway through 35, we see miracles that are referred to. Things that were not norm, things that God totally changed things around, and it was a miraculous rescue. But also, we, when we look into those scriptures, we see there are also situations where circumstances were changed. Some call that acts of providence, but I, I prefer to call it just God changing circumstances. You know, you look back on a situation, perhaps a challenge you've gone through in the past, and you can see almost like the invisible hand of God at work. It's easy looking back, isn't it, after a challenge? I mean, that's, that's no problem at all. In the challenge, it's another matter. But looking back and say, wow, that was amazing. That was God. God, God turned that around. God, God changed that circumstances. God gave me favor in that situation. And, and, and things were turned around. It's the invisible hand of God. You might not call it a miracle, but you know, examples in Hebrews 11 of people like the prostitute Rahab who, who, were, who heard about how awesome God's people God's people were, how God, their army was, that she was convinced in the power of God and she harbored the slaves, uh, the, the, excuse me, the spies. She looked after the spies and because of that, she was saved by faith. That was not a miracle, but that was, a, that was what she did. David conquering kingdoms and establishing God's rule. Elijah being, escaping the sword of Jezebel, verse 34, uh, Gideon being strengthened in weakness, 34. Winning battles against all odds, verse 34. In all these cases, God is working behind the scenes to bring favor and to bring blessing and to bring help and assistance to his people. If you've been walking the walk and living the life of being a Christian for any length of time, you will also be able to look back with, with the benefit of looking back, with the benefit of hindsight. Is that the correct way to look at it? But to be able to look back and say, wow, God was at work at that situation. I had no idea. Maybe perhaps even before you came to faith, that God, you look back and think, yeah, I know why that happened. I know why that person helped me. I know why that person spoke to me. I, I know why. Some of it begins to make sense when we look back at what God has done for us as his circumstances have been changed. In all these cases, I've just mentioned God's working behind the scenes to change circumstances. I like how the way Philippians 2, 13 puts it. It is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. So God's at work in us to will and to act according to his good purpose. So sometimes we're not quite sure what's going on. God, why have you put me in this situation? God, why are you taking me in this direction? God, why is this happening to me and not happening to him or to her? Why, why me? But God is at work to will and to act according to 
his purposes, to fulfill his good purpose. God at work in us. And there are many times when, thank God, he's actively at work in us. We don't kind of fully understand it perhaps at the time, but we're able to look back. So God brings, does bring changes. He brings by faith. God can work miracles and change circumstances. So we believe that God does all of these things. God's work through faith to do miracles, to change circumstances. Certainly, as it's recorded in the Word of God, but I believe just as real in the 21st century. Because our God is alive, and we have the same requirement to live by faith. Thank God many of us are not facing half the challenges that some of the people we have read about uh, in their time. But we do face challenges and all sorts of things and big problems and big difficulties and, uh, and kind of things where we're really kind of out there because of what we're going through, we're going through in life. But God can and does work miracles then and now. Let's give you the second point, which is kind of a bit the same. It's this. By faith, God does not always work miracles and change circumstances. Now, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. These people from verse 35 onwards were still as much in faith as the people in verse 32 to 35 halfway through 35. They were still living by faith. There was no difference there were people of faith. There was no difference between the two. For some of them were rescued. Others still continued to go through their struggle and in, in some cases lost their lives, had horrendous things happen to them by that. Sometimes by faith, God just sustains us through our challenges and our sufferings. God, I'm a Christian. Get me out of here. Why is this happening to me? It oughtn't to be happened to me because I am a Christian. But God wants to strengthen us. He wants us to teach us something. He wants to prove, it, prove something to us and to the watching world how real faith is. Because the Christian life is not an opportunity to get out of difficulty and live an easy life. That's not what it's about. If that's what you joined, I'm sorry, someone sold you something that's not reality. That is not how it is. The philosopher Carl Pilkington puts it a bit this way, and I'll just, I'll just paraphrase it. He says, the world is divided into two lots of people, those who want to sit around and do nothing, and those who work hard so in a future day they'll be able to sit around and do something. And the kind of what it kind of the world looks like sometimes, but that's not what the Christian is called to. We don't retire. We don't give up. You know what it says about David? David served his day and generation, then he died. No retirement plan there, boy. He just kept on doing it. So whatever we're doing as a, our employment, whoever, we're fortunate to have a job and someone pays us, the reality is we live and serve God for the, all of our days. While we've got breath, we're going to serve God. We're not waiting for some time when we can just put our feet up. No, we're going to serve God as long as we can. How we serve God might change over time and, and different opportunities and uh, our health and, and our strength might be different, but we still have the opportunity to serve God from, from, from cradle to grave. Absolutely. So don't look for the moment when, when I get through this, I'll put my feet up. It'll be right. No, we're called to serve God, whatever. Sorry if you were hoping for an easy life. 
I'm really, I'm, I've got to apologize for that. But you know, that's not what the walk of faith is. That's not what the Christian life is all about. Easy life, that's not it. We get to serve God. We get to live for Jesus. We get to bless people. We get to serve people. That's how what serving God looks like. It, it, it involves people. It's not like it doesn't touch anybody in a monastery and at the top of a mountain somewhere. There pl- might be a place for that at certain times in our life. But most of the time, it's touching people. It's helping people. It's ministering to people. It's serving people. It's blessing people. That's what it looks like. They still gained approval even though they weren't rescued. Even in their suffering, they endured it. Their faith did not diminish. They kept on trusting God. Heroes indeed. Not just heroes who came out of it and were victorious. Heroes indeed who kept on in a struggle and and did that by faith. You know, it it gives his horrendous examples. I mean, you read, that, you read that through quickly, but then you say, sawn in two. You can't imagine what horrendous death. You know, you know um, it is said his, historically, perhaps, that that was how, uh, tradition says, that's how Isaiah died. Now, can you imagine Isaiah, an incredible man of faith in the Word of God, an absolute giant and a hero of faith in the Bible? And that's how he ended his life, if that's true. And others we know were, were crucified, were, were, were horrendous. They were same. They were people of faith, just the same. You know, there's another example in the, in the book of uh, Acts in the New Testament. In Acts chapter 12, it tells about the story about two people, about James and Peter. James, the brother of John, uh, hurried, um, um, organized to have these boys arrested, James and Peter. P- James was killed by the sword, but when God's people prayed, Peter was released. That's not fair. Both were disciples, both were followers of God. It's not fair. Well, Christian life isn't ever supposed to be fair. As I often say, please don't ever ask God to be fair. Because we're all in trouble if God's fair. Because we don't deserve what we have. It's grace. It's grace and grace. Grace means we don't get what we deserve. Grace means that God blesses us with his love and his blessing and his forgiveness. How horrendous it talks. It flips from verse 34. It talks about people who escaped the edge of the sword. Then in verse 37, it talks about people who died by the edge of the sword. What was different between the two bunches of people? Nothing. There were still people of faith. They were still trusting of faith. Some were rescued and some were not. God By faith, God does not always work miracles and change circumstances, but God is always with us by faith. One died, one was escaped by faith. But uh, point three, having faith does not determine whether you suffer or escape. God does. God does. I don't know if this is not what you want to hear this morning, but I, I I I want us to grow to maturity in faith. I want us to not have that sort of Christian child, childlike in our faith is good, but that childlike idea that it's all got to go right for me. It's all got to drop into my lap. I shouldn't have any hassles now that I'm a Christian. As a Christian, the, hear this, we already have our reward. God is my reward. He is everything. Everything else is a bonus. 
It's a bonus. We all know there's a time coming when we, we'll, all of us will die. That, 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 that's the number one statistic in the world. It absolutely is. One out of one people die. It, it, it is the ultimate statistic. When it is, it's up to God. That's okay. That's okay. So don't think, well, I'm a Christian. This shouldn't be happening to me. I, you know, I love, I love the way that it's in Philippians 1.21. For me to live is Christ. To die is gain. Beautiful. Having faith does not determine whether you suffer or escape. God does. Wonderful. Final point. God himself is better than what... This is a long one. God himself is better than what life can give us now and better than what death can take from us later. Leave that on screen. Let's think about that, that statement. God himself... It's better than life. You know, we used to sing a song, I love you more than life. If, that, if we sung that and meant it, we're kind of getting to that scripture that Paul talks about living for Christ. You know, to die is gain. For me to live for Christ, to die is gain. God himself is better than what life can give us now and better than what death can take from us later. I just love that whole idea that God is our reward. The common feature between those who were rescued and those who were not rescued is they both, it both involved believing this, that God himself is better than life, what life can give us now and what death can take from us later. When we you have it all, we have, when we have God, we have it all. We have everything. And I, I just want us to get to that point to believe that, you know, God, you are my reward. You are my everything. You know, we used to sing a song called Christ is Enough for Me. He's everything. God is everything. We've got to get to that point because if you don't get to that point, when problems come, you'll give up on this walk of faith. When someone offends you in church, you'll give up on this walk of faith. When something goes against you, you'll give up on this walk of faith. When things don't turn out the way you'd hoped for and you'd planned, you'll give it up. But for me to live is Christ. God himself is my reward. He is everything to me. That's where we need to get to. Hebrews, the whole book, challenges in faith that we cultivate a devotion to Jesus no matter what. That's the key. I am devoted. We talk about being devoted, devoted followers of Jesus. That is our purpose as Life Church, to, for us to become devoted followers of Jesus. It's a journey. It's a process. We're all trying to get to that point. We're not pretending that we're all there yet, or if any of us are there yet, but we're working towards that point. We're saying, God, I'm devoted. Whatever might be thrown at us, you can rescue you, me from this circumstance. You can, by a miraculous power, uh, save me from this situation. But God, whether you do or whether you don't do that, for me to live is Christ. To die is actually not a problem. It's a benefit. It's a gain. It's a plus. Because we're all going to go there at some point. Our preaching, our youth program, our kids program, our relationships that we make, our community programs, it's all about reaching people and helping them become fully devoted followers of 
Jesus. There are many things in this life which we don't understand, but we can live with an unassailable assurance that God is with us. We can live with this unassailable hope in our hearts that by faith we already win. By faith, we already have the best that life could ever give us. By faith, we already have God himself as our Lord and our Savior. If musicians would come back and join me, that would be great. So we already have God. We already have relationship with Jesus. We already have that hope that can never be shaken. We already have that reality that God is for us, not against us. That is our hope. I hope you never hear from this platform. Give Jesus a try. Have a go being a Christian. See how you go on. That's rubbish. It's not it. No, God's given everything for me and for you. The least, the least we can do is to give him everything back. The least. To give him our lives so that he could do far more with our lives than we can ever do for ourselves. God himself is our reward. By faith, we already have everything we need. Let's bow our heads. God, I thank you that by faith, we can know you as Lord and Savior. By faith, we can have freedom from our sins. By faith, we can live this life, Lord, which trusts you no matter what we may face. God, thank you that you do rescue us. Thank you, God, that you do bless us in ways we could never Uh, imagine or certainly never deserve. But God, we thank you for all of that, God, but we understand that by faith we can have our put our trust in you. Discover more about us at lifelanks.org and stay inspired by subscribing to the podcast via iTunes. Thanks for listening.